Today is August 21st. Andrew McCutcheon hits home run number 298 this weekend, giving us hope that 300 is coming soon. But the Pirates dropped the series to the first place Twinkies. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and at my name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How we doing, man? Hmm, doing all right. Yeah? Been a l- weekend of learning for me. A little bit. Okay. A little all bit. Right. A little bit. I, I played I played a softball tournament yesterday, and the uh, feels like temperature was 110. Yeah, that sounds I, ridiculous. I had to play outfield for the first time in a while, two straight games. I'm feeling it today. I feel like a bum today. I sat around the house a lot <laughs> and uh, just you know chilling. The beard's all a mess tonight. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, I uh, don't want to bore you, but. I had to force myself to learn some SQL stuff on Friday night, um, just to try to get something done, and then been working on some video editing this weekend, learning a little bit of new tricks there. So, never know. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but also learning that uh, the Twins are in first place, and I still am not like, you know, impressed. I'm not going to say that because like that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot like when they talk about them, it's like, yeah, they strike out a ton and it's this and it's that. And I'm like, yeah, but they're, I mean, they're not bad. No, they just don't impress. Right. That, that's, I'm not saying they're bad by I'm not impressed, but I'm not impressed either. Okay. Like I, I don't, even if they, even they walk away and win their division, I don't see them getting anywhere. Okay. I mean, they've got a couple guys that can throw, you know, five, six perfect innings. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Okay. It's fair. Hey, we're going to get into that. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about those games. We're going to talk a little bit about Andrew McCutcheon. And my, my Google speaker heard me say, hey. <laughs> and it's just rambling all the things that I was just saying. So I had to turn that off. Anyway, we're going to talk about Kutch, uh, Mitch Keller, Henry Davis, and some other guys. Um, just a little bit of chat today. Uh, before we do, though, um, if you guys are you know Pirate fans who actually watch the game, then you know who the Pittsburgh Pirate Queen are. Is <laughs> see Arr. in my head, I was <laughs> saying like Pirate Queen Banshee and Scrivener are, but I just skipped. I was like, let's just say, stopped at Queen. Didn't even say. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, you guys probably know who she is. She's been around here. She's always at the games, always watching. Her and her husband are are teaming up with uh, DC4L and doing a little fundraiser. And I could talk about it, but I asked her if she would, because then I won't be able to forget anything. So um, she sent a little something. I put some pictures in there. So we're just going to play this real quick. Pay attention to this. If you're willing to uh, donate or go get a shirt, uh, we encourage you to do so. Yep. But here it is. 
vast mateys, Pittsburgh Pirate Queen Banshee here with a special announcement. So, Scrivener and I are promoting a fundraiser for the Miracle League of Western Pennsylvania. The Bill Mazeroski Miracle Field needs resurfaced, and they need your help. To raise the funds, DC4LCustomTees.com created a unique, fan-inspired design just in time for the league's fall season. The Spooky Season Bucko. Through October 31st, DC4L Custom Tees will donate $5 for every product sold featuring the Spooky Season Bucko. On top of that, Scrivener and I will be donating $1 for the first 100 items sold. These products are printed to order, so please allow 7 to 10 business days from the time of your order for printing and shipping. T-shirts start at $19.99. Once again, that is dc4lcustomtees.com. You can also donate directly at mlwpa.org slash donate. Thank you for listening, mateys, and let's throw a sleepy hollow slider for a great cause. All right. So there you go. All the Good links stuff. were there. Um, pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Miracle League's pretty cool stuff. Right? Yeah. 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 Our nephew is involved in that sometimes. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. Absolutely. It is very good stuff. So um, it's there. Back up, uh, back up the audio. The video has some pictures of the shirt and all that stuff. Back it up. Pause it. Make sure you get those links down there um, and all that stuff. So. Cool. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the pirates. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure, if we have to. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, it's a rough series, man. So that's the that's kind of the question I was going to ask you: how you felt about like the series as a whole? Because I mean, there were some things where I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool." We don't have um, well. We lose the first game five to one. Reynolds gets three hits. Bay just getting back, uh, getting two hits. Andy Rodriguez getting three hits. I'm looking at the, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jacks. Well, Annalika Williams hits a double, one for two in this game. Um, Jackson gets the start. goes goes into the fifth inning. Four hits, six strikeouts. He did walk three. Gives up a couple runs. All in all. We don't have five starting pitchers. So if he's going to do this, I think it's kind of like I'm okay with that. It's better than just a two-inning uh, Baraki start, <laughs> you know, that you saw. But even then, that is – that's considering uh, Beto was pitching. And, I mean, I'm looking back at the roster here. Our starting pitchers are Oviedo, Keller – Right? Beto and Jackson. I mean, like, literally. Or Falter, I mean. So, like, Beto's getting that opener treatment where somebody else is getting the game going and then he... So he's a starter in the rotation, but he's not actually starting games right now. Um, Bailey Falter is going to get your starts. Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo. And now Andre Jackson is just going to get starts because he pretty much has to. And yeah. I think that I think a lot of us are maybe thinking like, oh, geez, here we go. Apparently, this guy actually is a starter. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know how quality, you know. I, right. 
Well, we, we don't but have anybody else. But for most of his we, career, he's been exclusively a starting pitcher. Yeah. So I it, guess I guess what I'm saying is, this isn't like we're just throwing some guy in there. Right. Right. Baraki has also been a starter. He started 19 games his rookie year or something like that. But how long ago was that? Know, a couple of years. Is it only a couple of years? I don't think he's very old. Well, he's 29. Yeah. Made his debut in 2018. So yeah, it's a minute ago. And he did. He made 17 starts that year. But 2020, 2021, 2022, I mean, there are zero starts. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's been a reliever for quite some time, since 2019, or since 2020, since the COVID year, he's been a reliever. Yeah. Um, You know, so you're, you know, but Jackson, that's not the case. Like, he's been, he's been starting, and unless he's been at the major league level. Yeah. And so that's kind of the thing for from what I was looking at is as soon as he gets sent to AAA, he was starting games. So I, the rest of this season is, <laughs> I don't know how you go with a rotation like this. Yeah, it's you're going to see some, somebody trickle back in to the rotation. I mean, whether we've got to do something. Whether it be Rowanzi or Ortiz mm. or somebody's, or somebody's going to come back or Priester's coming back. Like yeah, these somebody. guys are going to have to. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. And if it's not them, then you're calling somebody else up like a Jared Jones or something like that um, yeah. to get some starts because this can't continue this way. I mean, if Jackson keeps building up his innings, I mean. Right, he could be a guy. He, he I mean, wasn't terrible, and and Beto's the same, right? So Beto's the same. We understand where Beto's at right now. He was starting. He was given the ability or the the chance to do it, and I think it's it's legitimately the fact that he's not currently, or maybe I mean, to our knowledge, part of their future plans, right? And so right. sometimes, if you're a guy like that, you get the opportunity that's maybe a little bit unfair. If you're not quite ready, you might get thrown to the wolves a little earlier that rather than exposing or giving service time to <laughs> some of your other pitchers <laughs> like Quinn Priester, who you expect to be better than what you saw, yeah, but needs to work on things. I would rather send him to AAA instead of him get tattooed because I think he's his ceiling is higher than that of Osvaldo Bito. And so I think... That is what his chance is going to be this year, and maybe the same for Andre Jackson. But yeah, but either way, um, so G1 Bay comes off the off the IL, and Jared Triolo sent down. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this? Was this kind of a yeah, I get it, or I, I saw a lot of people um, kind of making the case that maybe Alika Williams really should have got that. Uh, should have got that triple A assignment. Um, it, it could have been, I, I would have been okay with either one of them, honestly, because Pereira could have just slid over and played more short again. Um, I'd have been totally fine with that. I, I so with with Bay coming back, I was like, okay, so Bay's back, and they just automatically put him in at the leadoff spot. I wasn't super thrilled about that, but I just, just, I mean, it is what it is. They're just trying to get his speed on the bases early, I guess. But I don't know. I kind of 
I kind of see him as a nine hitter to roll the roll. I know it's a slow pitch softball type type mentality to roll the lineup over, but at the same time, like Hayes has been hitting really well out of the leadoff spot. Hayes isn't a four hitter. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get in the uh <laughs> we're a little bit in, in softball mode a little bit. We've got some things sure. coming up that we're excited about. It's funny that you even bring it up. We usually don't, but anyway, I, I actually I actually like that. I, I to me, Bay's a better leadoff hitter. Uh like that style of hitter is going to better fit the leadoff spot. And for my money, I have to see what Bay is. If he's going to show me anything, he's got to show up. And if he's going to, he needs to show up as a leadoff hitter. And so when I think of that, I think if he's not, I'm okay going another direction. Like all together. All together. Well, I am, right? And so I'm saying right. like there's decisions that are going to have to be made. Now, there's a lot of other things that that play into that too. Uh, you know, whether they're the Pirates are going to have to make some offseason moves without getting into that. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of that may end up being packaging some of these like fringe players in a deal of some sort. Yeah. I don't know with who and I don't know what for, <laughs> but there's a team out there who would rather have them than who they have and give them a shot. Yeah. I mean, Kanan Smith and Jigba could still be something. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you, you, Cal Mitchell, G1 Bay. I mean, you've already seen Rodolfo Castro get traded, and I, I think that's the beginning of this when you start to say, who who is it? You know what I'm saying? I, right. I don't think yeah. Termar's done moving up this year. He's, <laughs> He's crushing the ball. Yeah, he is. I, I just wouldn't be surprised if they give him a, a week or two in double-A knowing he's going to start there next year. I mean, I don't have anything saying that, but I mean, right, right. He's been so good right now. And I know that Greensboro is good for the home run. But <laughs> yeah. He's making sure it's that everybody knows about it. Right. So, and anyway, yeah, I I think that the way that Alika Williams plays short I I like him staying on the roster. Um I think Triolo has a better chance long term of being on this roster. Yeah. But I think maybe I mean if it was my decision to make, I'd be sending him to AAA and and letting him play some more short. Trying to get him a little better. I need him to play. I need him to be an option at shortstop. If he's going to be he's not a starter. Right. And and he's probably not going to be. We know he can play third. There's no question he can play third. Give him one mm -hmm. start a week at third base just to keep it going. He will possibly be important to keeping Key Brian Hayes healthy by playing yeah. more third base in a longer season. Um, but he's got to be able to, to, to play a little bit of shortstop, to play a little bit of second base as well. And then he becomes a good bench player. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you need. You need a complete team and a deep team to to compete and and do more than I mean, obviously, than what we've seen in a few years. But <laughs> right, um, yeah, I think I would I would be surprised if he doesn't go down and play more shortstop. 
get his innings in, make sure that mm-hmm. he's comfortable at that position so that when he's thrown there at the major league level, he's able to handle it. Um, yeah, I like it. So that, that'd be my call, and I think that you you could, you get by with Alika, and at the same time, uh, I am confident that Jared Triolo can be a, a depth piece on a major league roster, period. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm already confident that that's a possibility. I'm really not sure about Alika Williams yet. He can field it. There's no doubt. But you yeah. just need to find out if there's anything in there. Right. At the plate, you need to find out if he's an option. You need to maybe there's some of these guys who you're going to find out that they do just enough that a team is willing to take them in a deal where they're pulling quantity over quality for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you have a team out there who's willing to sell yeah, and and stock up players to take space if they, you know what I mean, before their minor league guys get there the same way that the Pirates have been doing it with these guys. Mm-hmm. Then you might be able to do something. You laughed a little bit. Did you yeah, have a you, thought there? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, Oakland does it all the time. But <laughs> they don't have anybody right now to give. <laughs> they do that. Well, they're all young, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you look at a team like Oakland. Uh, I mean, there's there's other examples. You know, I'm not thinking of them off the top of my head, but there's there's teams out there that are willing to take shots on younger guys. Phil Stack, you know, stopgap type players. Kansas City, I mean, Chicago White Sox, who knows what they're about to do this offseason. I mean, that yeah. there's a lot of people saying they need to blow this thing up. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe Luis Robert. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. I know. It's Robert, right? I know. Yeah. But for how many years we all mistakenly said Robert. Anyway, you know, I could see a team like that blowing things up and, and saying, now let's take a waiver on a few of these guys to play corner outfield or something like that. Um, and maybe some of these middle infielders will be will be available. But the White Sox could blow this thing up a little bit. Um, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I you know, I said him, but I don't even know what his I don't know what his roster status is or anything. You know what I mean? Right. I know right. he's not yeah. coming up to free agency. So right. if you get a year or two out of him, boy, I mean he just what? He just hit not home run number thirty. So oh. yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? Who do you want yeah. at this point? I mean, I mean, you got you, they got a first baseman over there. It's not too bad either. That Andrew Vaughn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Lefty bat, power bat. I don't know I'd that take, you're getting, but I don't know that you're getting like a that. couple from there. Well, I see what you're saying. Get him instead. Yeah, yeah. I, I see some I mean, of that. First base is where we need somebody. Maybe we need somebody in center field too. True. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. You, you get you get a Sawinski, some some sort of Sawinski in right field, with a maybe a Sawinski Joe platoon or something. Who knows? Excuse me, man. But <laughs> there's teams like that that are going to be willing to to blow some things up. I think. Yeah. Um, Seattle looks to be back in it now. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just looking. I mean, the Mets aren't going to do anything. They'll they'll stay put. The, the Mets could go into next year with the same exact roster, and I know they already made a, a couple trades, but the, with the people they have right now, they could go into next year and be like, "No, nah, we feel pretty good about it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to probably do that again, but yeah. who knows? Um, I mean, maybe even St. Louis. I don't know. Could you imagine? Yeah, I, I feel it. I mean, they've I got a couple. I don't Louis- know if there's anybody there that fits, but 
Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, and I don't know about interdivision. Uh, right. I'm not big on inter- interdivision trading and, you know. I, well, they don't seem to, to care much. I mean, we just no, sent they don't. Santana to Milwaukee and. Yeah, but that's a rental player. Well, that would be what you'd be getting from, I mean, I guess not just a couple months, but yeah. Right. I guess once you say it's a one-year deal, it's not a rental. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, if you got a full year of somebody. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's probably true. There's not many, but if there would be a team out there like those guys, giving these guys playing time is going to be important for not just finding out if you have someone, but maybe if you have someone of value that somebody else might want. Right. And to me, I think that would be... Uh, that would be just as beneficial when you're talking about depth pieces anyway. Mm-hmm. That if you were able to give, I mean, you ha- you're you going to have to give to, to receive, right? But sometimes right. if you were able to say like, we'll give you this young player who we just drafted. I mean, obviously not. I'm not saying Paul Skeens. Come on. <laughs> if, if, you know, right. but, man, I wouldn't even say Termar, but you know what I'm saying? Like the, a young uh, player, maybe international player, like, I don't know that somebody really likes, and so you, Jeb. you give like well, but you give like a high ceiling guy, and then package a couple of these guys that are close to fill the hole that you're creating by getting their player. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, I haven't even looked into this, so don't get me wrong. This is off the top of the head. Um, this is we're just talking here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like seeing Bay in that leadoff spot for that reason. I have to see it. It's fine. I have to see it. So I mean, that's what I said. I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't like I was just like, eh. Yeah. All right. So moving into the the the, the other two games of this, can we start with why does it take us so long to even just get a hit in a game or walk, <laughs> get a walk in a game? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I. I that's a good question because we're so dang patient and. Mm. People, you know, get more aggressive. I've said it all year. Get more aggressive. Yeah. Well, apparently not, because when we're aggressive, we can't even get a hit. <laughs> That's actually a good point. But they were even strike like Sonny Gray had seven strikeouts. Keiko not so much, but like he was, he was they going for getting, it. They were they were getting a lot of calls, and you know, you heard Kutch talking about being hard to see in that second game because of the start time. He's yeah, like, we were able to see we we started getting hits. Okay, so that brings me into my next thing. Well, first, Kutch homers in the second game, we get the dub after being, uh, you know, a perfect game through five, and then we end up scoring three in the sixth, three more in the ninth, and a run uh, sprinkled in there as well. Kutch had five RBIs. We'll talk about McCutcheon in a minute. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Mitch Keller right now because he had the start. Six innings, seven hits, two runs, a walk, and 12 strikeouts. Now, part of the 12 strikeouts might have been the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was a moment in this game. Walk, single, single, bases are loaded. And you and I were on the phone at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, they're getting one run out of this. And I don't remember what the, I don't remember where we were in the game here. What was the score at this moment? I'm trying to look it up. Um, scrolling three, three two. Was it so they were about to tie or they were 
it was it the was bottom it of the sixth? Because he went yeah. six innings. Oh, yeah, because it was yeah, his it was last inning. It was. It was his last inning. And you said, well, he could get a strikeout and double play. And, well, the first thing you said was he can get 700 more strikeouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, you'd only need three. But um, but it was. It was kind of one of those things where we were like, yeah, you're right. If he get a strikeout, he could get a double play. You could get out of this. Mm-hmm. If it seemed so foreign to me that a Pirates pitcher could get out of a situation like that, three straight strikeouts, big time. Mm-hmm. Big time moment there for Mitch Keller. Um, is he back? Are you ready to say it? I mean, we've got two back-to-back starts that have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's locating his pitches again. You know, he's throwing the ball where he wants to. He's He's got... Was it just the confidence again to to throw pitches in any count? You know, he looks to be back. Okay. So the the shadows aren't playing here. Well, I mean, twelve strikeouts might be the you know shadows a little okay. bit, but that's but, fair. You know, I mean, no reason why he couldn't have went out there and got seven or eight Ks. Okay, that's and I'm, fair. That's that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. Right. Um, as long as you're missing the barrel as well. Tenth win of the year for Mitch. Um, and, well, I mean, we're going to see him again. Yeah. We're going to see if he's back. Be nice to get him back. When we're talking about this starting rotation just now, mm-hmm. this is a guy you got to lean on. Right. So you go there for three games, you get one of them, and it happens to be the Mitch Keller game. And the two around him were Barucky starting with the Beto thing that we were talking about and Andre Jackson Moretta was back three strikeouts in his inning including a walk but you know back off the IL Perdomo goes to the IL um, for the roster move but good to see Moretta back seemed to yeah. seemed to look strong yeah so that was good but two hits in that final game both of them by Brian Reynolds mm-hmm. One of them an infield single. Yeah, right. And the double, obviously, to to break up the whole thing. That was a good swing, though. The double. Yeah. And he, he had... Just missed we had mentioned that he had three hits in the first game, too. So, he's swinging it. He was 0 for 5 in that middle game, but... Man. You know... Sonny, Sonny Gray had his number. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. I asked you when we were watching that game... For some reason, I was at, I was wondering if Sonny Gray was a Vanderbilt guy, and I'm not sure why I thought he was. He was, yeah. That's why. Well, that's why you thought it. That's why I thought it. I said, I told you, I have no idea. Yeah, because he really, he really went at, uh, he went at Reynolds and Delay, and that's what made me think about it. Was the strikeout to Delay at the one point, and I said, is it, is he a Vanderbilt guy too? Wait, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was this game. He just, he didn't get. Delay striking out. I thought he did. Maybe the de- I don't know what it was. No, delay had. I mean, obviously not. Well, they were late in the game though. Yeah. His last three at bats, he had the two hits and the walk. But his first at bat, I thought he struck him out. But maybe I maybe it was Brian Reynolds that he struck out, and I asked if if, if he was a a Vanderbilt guy. Um, I guess what I wanted to see was he was there eleven. Come on. Hide Miners. He was only there in 11. He only played one year at Vanderbilt. 
or maybe that's all that's that's in here. Maybe they weren't keeping track of it. I was just wondering when when Reynolds and Delay were there. That's all. Later, <laughs> 2014, Reynolds came in. So, and I yeah, I, I was mean, thinking Sunny Delay Gray's was there 30, at the same time. Sunny Gray's 34. Reynolds is what 28, 29. That's a good point. I guess that would have been the easy way to look it up. But I'm sure that he was there. I'm sure they know each other. Yeah. Guys like that, you know. They come around. Yeah. They come around. <laughs> so, Andrew McCutcheon, let's let's go ahead and get into that. All right. Home run number 298 on Saturday, along with five RBIs, surpassed... Uh, uh, Dave Parker. Yeah, the Cobra. Mm-hmm. For franchise RBIs, he's now alone at number nine. Top ten in RBIs for the franchise. A lot he's of at least getting a plaque on our wall. Yeah, a lot of players, man. A lot of players uh, have played with the Pirates. A lot of good players. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, looking for that home run number three hundred now. Obviously, that we're talking about a couple different numbers here, right? Because his RBIs are already over a thousand, but not with the Pirates. All right. Um, they're over a thousand, right? I sometimes I say things, and I'm like, dude, you didn't look that up recently, do you? Not? I mean, but I think we know this. I think we know this already. Yeah, he's got a thousand thirty-eight. He he had a thousand coming into the season. He got it last year. But for the with the Pirates, it's like seven hundred something, right? Yeah. So, two ninety eight in that uh, in that home run column. The other one we were looking at was triples. He has forty nine. I'm not sure we're going to see that <laughs> at fiftieth triple, but that's yeah. really not a huge number. No, fifty's cool, but it's not a hundred. Right. But three hundred homers early on in this season, we thought that was a lock. Yeah. And. Man, has it been hard to get number 298. Yeah. Now, does that mean he's going to click and it's going to happen? Or are we going to look at like he finishes the year with 298 or 299? <laughs> I hope not. I hope he, I hope it's clicking for him. I mean, when he's, when he's going the other way to right center, you know he's locked in. And we've said that since he was 24 years old. You know what I mean? When, when he's going good. He's got the home run swing to right center, and that was a bomb. That was a bomb. To right center. No doubt. That was a bomb. So, well, He even said it felt like a year. <laughs> yeah. And we know that there's probably, there's probably some elbow pain. They're not talking about it, but... Right. <laughs> I even, bet it's he there. He posted... He posted something on Twitter and I can't remember what it was. It was a it was like a meme or something that he was like making fun of himself about how long it's been since he hit a home run last. Hmm. I missed that. So does he get to three hundred? I mean, we we said he did it before yeah. the season. You think he's there? I mean I think he gets there. It's we have less more. less than forty games left. And I mean, he has been playing most days. But is it interesting that he hit the hit the home run and got the five RBIs literally the day after he had a rest day? Is it interesting? I mean, makes sense. <laughs> well, then it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's like you gave him a day off 
and he comes back with a with a good day. Yeah. I mean, you could read into that for sure. You could it's, it's a talk. I know point. he's just DHing, <laughs> but like give him some more days off. And and I know what they did. They put Reynolds at DH that day. Mm-hmm. You gotta get Davis there. You gotta DH get spot. Davis in that DH spot. Yeah. I I like I I like Davis in right field, but I don't like him the way he plays right field right now. If that makes sense, I like the I like the thought process of putting Henry Davis in right field, but my guy needs work. <laughs> he needs work. He's not reading balls well. That arm plays in right field. It plays behind the plate too. I get it, but his legs sure would like him a lot. A right fielder. His legs, I'm sorry, his legs what? His legs sure would like him a lot better if he was a right fielder. <laughs> I got you. Uh, <laughs> you know, we may as well go right into that. Um, that's one of the things we wanted to talk about. Um, he's doing a lot of work. He's catching a lot on the side still. Mm-hmm. despite the fact that we're like, why won't they catch him? They don't like him as a catcher. No, he's doing work. Yeah. And the problem with that is, if you were a catcher who was a good catcher, but you were just not as good as the guy who was starting, and so you decided, I'm going to learn right field to get my bat in the lineup, or they say you're going to learn right field to get your bat in the lineup, and you're just catching on the side, but you're learning right field, that's one thing. But we're talking about a guy who's technically still learning catcher. (laughs) Right. Now, I don't know why I'm not a catcher, and I haven't seen him catch enough. So I really can't speak into my opinion on whether he's ready to catch at the major league level or not. My opinion doesn't matter. The coaches, the evaluators, those guys, no. Or at least you all you have to do is trust them to know. And if you don't want to trust them... There's no other option. It's either trust them or <laughs> yell at a wall because yeah. it doesn't matter. There are no other options. Those guys are the only guys that can tell you whether he's ready to catch or not. Right. We don't get that kind of access. So the problem is, is this guy's learning the catcher's position. Granted, learning very specific things about right. catching, right? Not basics. He's got the basics, my goodness. Right. But he's also learning the basics and the extra stuff in right field. This kind of thing happens. He's a young player. He'll be fine. Offensively, he's still, he's not hitting well. I still don't think he looks overmatched. Right. I just think his head is so engulfed in learning my my guess is he wants to catch. Yeah. Because if he if he was all in on right field, he wouldn't be still be going through what he's going through right now. He would say, "Let's work on catching in the off season." Yeah. You know what I mean? And I still haven't figured out what what it looks like in the future to have these two guys, especially as early as next year. McCutcheon's probably going to be on this team again next year. Yeah. And he's probably only going to DH again next year. 
which right. means that does not leave the DH open for the other catcher, which is what I would assume this would look like. I would assume, since both of these catchers are offensive catchers, that you would have one catching and one DHing. And delay still on the bench. And delay still on the bench, or someone. That's what I would envision a tandem catching unit to be when both of them can provide offensive upside. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know how that's going to shake up if Henry Davis never catches. <laughs> I mean, eventually, eventually, you talk about going into next year and you say like, well, if they could get a center fielder, Jack could play right, maybe platoon with somebody or at least get the lion's share of right field reps. You got Reynolds in left and you've got this new guy in center field. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, now we really have to figure out what we're doing with Henry Davis. Is that learning another position and putting him at first base? It's not. They will not do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I don't see them doing that. That arm cannot go to first base. I agree. Especially when, like, if he was like a great defensive catcher and then didn't have an arm or something like that, then I could say, like, yeah, he could probably learn first. But, like, yeah. we even know if, he, you know what I mean? There's a lot there. Right. He's right. athletic. He might be able to figure this out in right field. But if he does... You might you might see Sawinski come into first base. Maybe. Boy. I mean, I, it's there's so many... Right. Know, anything variables. could happen. Yeah, anything could happen. There's a lot of variables. Mm -hmm. It would be hard... It'd be hard to be like, well, metrics-wise, okay, let's get our best outfielder and put him at first. <laughs> <laughs> the metrics are fine in center, but they're, they're, they're good and right. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good outfielder, Sawinski is. Yeah. And that's the only reason why he's the one getting center field. Did, is it just me, or, or did Brian Reynolds actually show that he has a good arm this, this last game? Like, he gave it a couple throws. Not that he was, like, trying to throw anybody out, just launching the ball from the center, from the wall in left center all the way to second, and almost overthrowing second base. Does he actually have a decent arm? I mean, it's not. I don't think it's terrible. But I also, I have a hard time imagining a Major League Baseball player who can't throw it from the fence to second. Oh, I mean, you you didn't watch Juan Pierre play in his career? Well, Juan Pierre, that's all. I mean, obviously, that's a different one. But So there's I'm looking of, it up. There's his a lot arm, of guys with not very good arms right now. Brian Reynolds' arm strength is 43rd percentile. So he's he's less than average. As far as out, as far as outfielders go, see, and that's what I thought, but those throws weren't less than average throws. <laughs> there was like two of them. I was like, okay, I, I see you a little bit. Yeah, but I think that most guys that make it to the major leagues can do that. I don't anymore. Really? Yeah, it's just an offensive game. Well, that's true. Oh, you can hit. I'll put you out there. Yeah, but more than not, I mean, that does happen. Like, Kyle Schwarber probably can't make that throw, right? So we do get that. <laughs> but I think more often than not, it's happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe not, like, from the notch. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for the most part. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Anyway. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's fine. Hey, we, we do rabbit trails here. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. We are... Rabbit trail 
Well, see, I don't even know what that. I don't, there was a word that was supposed to come out there that didn't. Central. No, <laughs> but but it works fine. I don't care. I was just gonna say, I don't know what I was gonna okay. say because I still forget it. Yeah, I still forget the word. It's fine. We're good. We're having a good time. But yeah, just a lot of variables <laughs> going on in the next year. If you, you got to hear this comedian, man. Anyway, um, yeah, we we really went off there. So Henry Davis, the idea is that Henry Davis is struggling at the plate, but he's also doing a lot right now. Yeah. Um, n- not that you can say the same for Jack Sawinski. He's not learning new positions right now, <laughs> despite Jake's Jake's attempt to spread rumors that he's going to move to first base. Oh, um, <laughs> Throw me under the bus. No, but you know what he is doing, though? He's trying to make adjustments right now. They they die. He's on the plate now. He's 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 trying, and maybe it's not working. <laughs> maybe it's a slow process. Point is, he's probably getting direction from the wrong source, Andy <laughs> Haynes. But <laughs> he's trying to do something. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, I mean. I've noticed him chasing some stuff a little bit, and I, maybe that's just an attempt to get him to be more aggressive, um, which wouldn't be listening <laughs> to Andy right. Haynes. But right. I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't. I see things, and I mean, there was a couple breaking balls, one in the dirt that he looked back at the catcher to see if he even had it, and I'm thinking, bro, that hit the plate before it got past, or it, before it got past home, it hit the dirt. You had to know that the catcher didn't catch that ball. <laughs> I don't know if maybe being up on the plate is is messing with that. I don't know. Yeah, it's. But either way, I don't think he got a hit. I mean, he he didn't play. He didn't play no, in the last game, but he was over in the first two. He's over for a while. Yeah, he's over his last like twenty or something like that. He actually didn't play in the in the second game. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Three walks, though. Right. One strikeout. So, I mean, still doing that. Right. Hmm. That was a Sunny Gray game. Mm-hmm. Be nice to get him moving again. Because you know yeah. it comes in a bunch, and we got we got St. Louis coming. Coming or are we going? We're going, right? Coming. Nope, coming. No. We got a seven-game homestand. Seven-game homestand. St. Louis... In Chicago. TBD throwing again? Probably. Probably. We have TBD going he, he throws Monday. TBD going Tuesday against Wainwright. And TBD going against Libertor. Yeah. And R- His arm's going to fall off. Drew Rom. I actually haven't even heard this. I heard of this guy. He hasn't. He it's a major league debut. That's why. For the Cardinals. Yep. Monday night, Drew Rom major league debut against the Pirates. Wednesday's day game, by the way, travel game for St. Louis and Chicago. Chicago comes in on Thursday, so we get the day game on Wednesday. Oh, Sugardale Dollar Dogs on Thursday. Nobody will be there. <laughs> Star Wars night. Okay. We done here? Yeah. 
I mean, so we're 45 minutes in, but I don't know that we have a whole lot else to talk about here today. Um, I did jump. I did. I did find the uh, McCutcheon tweet, by the way, and it's the opening scene from Titanic when it just has her sitting there and she's like, it's been 84 years. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think I did see that going around, but I didn't. I didn't see what it was. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So real quick before we get out of here, because the Cubs are coming after the Cardinals are. And as of right now, they're a wild card team. Do we have to bring this up every episode? I want to bring it up again because it's official now. I I was maybe premature before, but we're talking about a playoff team right now, Jake. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. We all get it. I was wrong. They didn't sell. Had they sold, they would have finished worse than us. Okay, that's fair. Uh, St. Louis is only (laughs) one game different than us. They have one more loss than we do. We have the same amount of wins. Needless to say, does it matter if you get fourth or fifth? No. When it's the Cardinals, a little bit. (laughs) I just want to finish better than the Cardinals. This is the team that was supposed to be at the top of this division this year. Um. I'm pretty sure you and I both picked them to get first. I'd love to be that wrong. Yeah. I would love it. I'll I'll bring it up the whole offseason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um Atlanta got to 81st, as if anybody's surprised about that. But also I, I mentioned earlier Seattle's back in the picture. Um, as they've gotten over uh Toronto for that. Last wild card spot. Less than 40 games left, man. And I, I got to say, like, I, I, I'm i pretty excited about the league as a whole and the way that this season can can wrap up because Baltimore is still in first mm-hmm. in, a, in a stacked division where, I mean, the Yankees are under 500 now. Longest right? losing streak since 95 they're in right now. Wouldn't eight that be games, nice? eight straight Wouldn't... games. Wouldn't that be nice to be your longest losing streak yeah. in 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like their first time under 500 in like so many years. But either way, Boston, who was supposed to be the bottom of that division, the only team that didn't that didn't do anything and the one that everybody was throwing away, and they're still over 500 and close to a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. But Baltimore at the top, and we've talked enough times on this podcast about how what the Pirates are doing is so close to what Baltimore did. It was four years of losing under their under that rebuild, which is where we are this year. This is year four. And then Baltimore slightly turned it around the next year, and now this. I mean, they were in the conversation, of course, with this extra wild card, you were in the conversation a little bit longer than you would have been, right? Right. But that'll be our scenario next year. We'll be in it a little bit longer. Well, they made a late surge last year. When they called up Rushman, they took off. True. Well, but that was May. But still, they did make a... A late push and and came up short, but I don't, I think they kind of fell off at the end. They they found their way yeah. out of it. It's not mm-hmm. like they were still winning and just couldn't get there. Like anyway, 
Um, Baltimore and and the fact that Tampa had that start and to know that I mean they'll still make it. Like I said, they could be a 500 team after that start that they had. And yeah. that's about what they've done. That's about what they've done. Yeah. So uh it, it's crazy, but Texas over Houston, if they can continue to do that, Houston has owned that division for so long. Yeah. It, it seems and Texas felt like they were close. And then kind of really made a move to go this year. I didn't think it was enough. Well, and it's surprising, like, obviously DeGrom got hurt again. Well, and that's what we so said. So now they're doing this without him. Yep. Yeah, and Seattle's back in the picture. And once again, the Angels below 500. I mean, stars don't get it done, guys. It's just, it's just not the way it works. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You look at you look at the Angels with Trout, Rendon, Otani. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You look at the Yankees. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of money in the Yankees and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There always is. The Padres. But then you go, yeah, I was to say, then you go over and you look at the Padres and the Mets and how much money they went out and spent, and none of those teams are even over 500. We're not even talking about the postseason you looked at a at an off season with San Francisco where you said this team's all right, mm-hmm. and here they are. They're right in the thick of things. They've passed Arizona. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Making that a little bit close as of recently, but but like San Francisco looked like they were a team where you were kind of like, yeah, I don't mean, no, you're not. You didn't get judged, so you kind of gave up. <laughs> but they didn't. They built a team, right. You know what I'm saying? They said, no, this fits our team. This guy fits what we're doing here. And he must be working. Yeah. I mean, has to be if they're winning games, right? Right. doesn't matter what your payroll is. The object of this is to win games. That's right. And the Dodgers are just reminding us all that we all were like, well, they're maybe not be that good this year. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> they have the right stars. Well, I mean, that's the thing about the Dodgers, though. They spend money, but most of that is retaining. They'll go out and fill a hole when they have one, like Freddie Freeman, because they've got the money to do it. But also, he fits. And that's yeah. the kind of thing. Like, the they're Betts still. Trade. But they're still. Well, Mookie Betts trade is fine, but I mean, they gave away a lot for that, too. Yeah, but that's what I'm, I'm, I'm feeding into what you're saying. Okay, you know? yeah, I mean, they're doing it. I mean, they just, they have the money to retain players like Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They even went out and did the Scherzer-Trey Turner thing, and then both of those guys left. Yeah. And they, you know, it, it's fine, but the Dodgers just have a way of building it and, and staying on it. Yeah. Because they build teams, not just all-star rosters. Right. Or whatever. I mean, they they do that too. But, <laughs> but I mean, how many guys like Turner and Muncie that were not? They were bums. You know what I mean? Yeah, Justin Turner. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because of Trey. Yeah, <laughs> you have to you have to say. But yeah. you know, Justin Turner waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Muncie waiver wire, and they turned him into something. Kike Hernandez, right. who's coming back and saying like, "Yeah, it didn't work out. Can I just come home?" You know what yeah. I mean? Now, Bellinger's another story. All that kind of stuff happens. Change of scenery is huge for guys like that. Yep. 
and he's showing up. So, all right, TBD gets to start three games in a row. Let's see if he can get a win, maybe two. Um, I like his chances if he's getting three starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I think it's time to play some music. <laughs> well, we'll have another one on Friday, guys. Stick around for that one, and we'll get into some things and talk about some stuff. Probably go on some rabbit trails. Let's go, Bucks. <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.